uh, magnifying light which has an LED ring in it. And um, that's making me chuckle. <laughs> Sorry. I can't got a guest. Me. I didn't realise we were doing an interview today. <laughs> Special guest, Finn, come and say hello. No. <laughs> I wouldn't interview Finn. He doesn't do any model making. Ah. I am Malcolm Childs. And I am James Giffins. And we are Just Making Conversation. The show where we discuss the model-making hobby that we both love so much. From the greasy sprues to the gloss coats and everything in between, we are going to Just Make Conversation. Remember, there are other podcasts. Plastic Model Mojo. The Scale Model Podcast. Plastic Posse. On the Bench. Model Geeks. If you enjoy the podcast, consider leaving a review or five stars as it promotes this podcast to more people to enjoy. Thank you to our supporters. Mike, Jeff, Richard and two others. Who took time to buy us a coffee. Why not join us on buymeacoffee.com? It just helps us make content for you. If you do show your support, leave a message with your name so we can give you a shout out. In this episode, we will be just making conversation about workspaces. Having the space which is just for your hobby can mean an unbroken workflow. But moreover, that space can be yours alone, your own little plastic heaven. Do you make your projects in a purpose-built room, with all your tools, paints, kits laid out in arm's reach? Or does your current project perch on a tea tray on your lap while watching the telly? So, all about the workspace. Workshops. Workbenches, work trays, work tables. Work caves. Yeah. Man cave or cave without a definition. I I don't like the name man cave. If I ever have a workspace, I am not going to be calling it a man cave. And I will chastise anyone who does. How do you feel about that? I'm similar. My... A space for my hobby isn't called the man cave it's called the operations room i just don't like the word man cave uh, as such <laughs> just imagine like uh hobby surgery or i'd like it to be like an operating theater clean tidy and you know all that it's not it's a little bit more like the control tower of a very old and busy aerodrome or maybe maybe then a better description would be the old world war ii bunker where everyone's throwing everything around and maps all over the place mm. and stuff like that. That's probably a better description of my operations room. Well, you say that it's not tidy, but I know for a fact it is tidy. I can see it with my own eyeballs. and it looks, It's not. It, it is. No, no, no. It, it is. It's not. That is the definition of tidy. No, because the, what you've got to understand is, is the camera is angled in such a way in which you can't see that corner over there. And that corner over there... Let's put it this way. If I threw a hand grenade in it, it would make it tidier. <laughs> well, you always have a tidy bench. Your space in front of you where you do your work is tidy and clean, and you're always wiping it down, which I keep telling you off because it comes up on the microphone noise. And it's always clean in front of you. You've always got a big space for building. In fairness, you're right to a degree. I mean, at the moment, it's covered with projects and bits and pieces. But yeah, I tend to do it at the end of every build is I tend to clean everything down put everything back to where it belongs mm -hmm. and start afresh. 
yeah. During a build, I tend to, when I finish of an evening or day or whatever it is I'm doing, I tend to make sure the knives are put away properly. He says reaching across and putting a scalpel back in the drawer. But just purely because then when I come in the next time, I know where everything is. The only time that's slightly different is, for example, if I've been doing some painting and I haven't finished, but I've left all of the individual pots of paint out on the desk so I know which ones I've used rather than put them back in the rack and then try and remember what it is I used. So, mm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. You're very tidy. You're a very tidy worker. Um, all your videos are already tidy. Usually you see somebody who's only got like a six-inch square on their cutting mat and everything is just piled up up to that point. So, yeah, you are a tidy, tidy human being. I, I think that comes from the beginnings, if I'm honest. When I started out, uh, maybe a bit like yourself, when I started out, I, I literally had a – I didn't have a tray. Hmm. Uh, I, I wasn't rich enough to have a tray. <laughs> Um, but I used to use a coffee table in the front room and with um, several children running around. Hang on, you didn't, you didn't have a tray, but you had a coffee table. That's an upgrade from a tray. Well, I say coffee table. It was a little bit more like um, like, like a pallet, but um, they call that retro now. <laughs> <laughs> Shabby chic. Shabby <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're building your models on a pallet in the living room. Yeah, I, I had the, I had this coffee table that I used to, to, to do my models, and uh, when I finished doing my models, I had to pack stuff away. It couldn't stay there. And and then it was put on a on a top of a shelf or on the top shelf, should I say, or hidden away in a wardrobe or, or wherever at the time. So that, you know, when I went to work and didn't have any time to do anything, the, the children weren't running around with their footballs and kicking the seven bells out of my model that I'd spent however many hours on. So that harps back from the way that you work or have learned to work then? I think it's a learnt behaviour. Now, to describe to where I'm sitting right now, which which is my hobby room, my operations room, um, I don't have a secretary behind me or anything like that or any orderlies. <laughs> Just get that clear. Yeah, so I, I sit in this room um, and I'm very fortunate. I have um, an A, A1 cutting mat in front of me. On my left-hand side, I've then got another two more A1 mats and probably two and a half, I'd say. Uh, and then equally on the opposite side, uh, I have a, a, an equal amount of room uh, that's slightly taken up with a spray booth and other bits and pieces. So I'm very fortunate. I've got a lot of room. And then within that room, I've got lots of organised areas for my tools, racks for my paint and all that sort of stuff. So it's all very much laid out sort of in a methodical way. So I know where everything is. Everything, all the drawers are labelled because I'm hopeless at remembering where I put things. It's an aid for me to remember where things actually go, because otherwise I will forget. You will take a photograph for the listeners to uh, picture. Uh, yeah, I'll take a picture, and, and you can look at the um, the mess that I call my operations room. Don't tidy up before you take the photograph, will you? No, I won't. Promise? No, what I'll do is I'll take a picture of it is now, and then I will tidy up, mm. because otherwise you won't be able to see all the bits and pieces, so... But um, yes, I, I will show you what I mean by mess. And uh, and then no doubt there'll be lots of other pictures from people saying, that ain't a mess, this is a mess. Oh, I hope so. Mm, hopefully. That's not a stash. This is a stash. That's another podcast. How about yourself with your working space? Uh, we were talking about man caves and using the words man caves. And then we ended up yes. talking about you for the last 25 minutes. <laughs> Typically, <laughs> short story. <laughs> yeah, bingo. <laughs> uh, I don't like the word man cave, not because I'm uh, a sexist, uh, because 
<laughs> or homophobic <laughs> thinking about it <laughs> so it's come in my man cave james yeah <laughs> i just think it's it, it conjures up a den or a retreat nobody is allowed in or something particularly male that no one else is welcome in does that a selfish space selfish space uh, not saying that you don't need your own space but just calling it man cave i don't know it just seems wrong i don't know it's, maybe it's just me it's probably because I'm jealous because I don't have a space like that at all. I have a table in the lounge, um, which for me is a massive upgrade from what I used to have, which was the dining room table. And that had to be put away after uh, every um, session, shall we say, because family wants to eat on the dining room table. Hmm. Well, we didn't have a coffee table like you posh guys. Coffee table in the front <laughs> room. There was eight of us in a shoebox living under the Thames. <laughs> but my point is that we i had to put everything away and i couldn't leave it all out for the next day which i am at a point where i can almost do that now and it makes such a big difference to my hobby and what i can do because i don't have to put anything away mm. it means i can work on more things at once if i don't have to put them away because i can have this corsair that's been sat on my shelf for a while because i've got the space to have that you know, in the, in the old days, a couple of years ago, when I didn't have the space, I would have have to have finished it because there was literally nowhere to put it hmm. other than where my current model is. And that would have been in a plastic box. Everything used to go into a plastic box. All my paints, my scalpels, my clippers, you know, all the basic tools that I was using went into a box. And then that went in the garage. Mm-hmm. And then the, the kit that I was working on had to literally go back into the box that I got it out of, and that had to go back on the shelf. It was difficult because, you know, aerials and things don't fit in boxes, do they? Uh, no. So I would often manipulate the box so I could get the model back into it, and which I hate Revel for because they're side entry, uh, aren't they? Uh-huh. And quite often I will change. Well, I've done it with that Corsair. I've changed the box so it's top top loading. <laughs> yeah. I sealed it up and then cut a hole in the top um, so that I can place my model in the top. Yeah, having the space makes a big difference to the enjoyment of your hobby, and I think you need a space that is yours. And even if it is just a box, just a tray in front of the telly, it needs to be your space. It's something that you don't have to um, put away or move or shift. People still work that way and are quite comfortable with that way. It has made a difference to my hobby changing to somewhere that I can leave stuff out. Yeah, it, it certainly does. I mean, I, I can I can totally wholeheartedly agree with that because obviously I'm in a position where I can leave whatever I want out. It's a space in which isn't invaded by anybody else and there's enough room for me to leave stuff out. Mm. Instead of children, the only thing I have to worry about now is cats. Mm. If my cat gets in here, she um she will jump up on the side and she's she's been known to come into the front room and be playing with something for hours and then I suddenly find it's one of my hairy sticks. Yeah. So that's that's the only drawback for me now, uh, whereas all the children are left home. Yeah, yeah. It does make a big difference because, like you say, the size of projects in which you want to tackle can be massively different. Yeah, well, I know that, you know, recently finished that ship, so it takes some space up. Yeah. And while you have that ship, you have like, other things on the go or, you know, things on pause and stuff. It's... I won't harp on about it, but um model that I described in a different podcast where, where we were talking about lots of windows and all that sort of stuff. Yep. That was one that I did it. I did on my coffee table in the front room. Ah. So uh, making lots of five centimeter by four centimeter high window frames from balsa wood in the front room on a coffee table is pretty easy. Mm. 
because obviously you can pack that away quite nicely. Yeah, yeah. It's only when it becomes the, the, the bigger thing that it becomes a bit of a problem. Yes. For storage, anyway. It's the bigger problem for building the thing and storage and display in it and everything else. And if you're going to take it to a model show, make sure you've got an estate car to get that huge, big shipping. With yourself, where you've got your hobby workspace, obviously lighting is important in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. What do you use over your workspace? So I've got the regular lounge lights, which are just you know uh, low energy bulbs. I've also got floor lamp that gives me a nice fill light for the whole space. It sits on the floor and points up and lights the ceiling up. Um, that's pretty bright. I'll just show you now. I'll just turn it off. Okay. So if you're listening, that's now darker than that. I can confirm that did change quite a lot for those that you weren't looking. Yes. <laughs> and uh, crucially, I have uh, this this light. This is the, obviously where the podcast becomes limited. <laughs> but I have this light here, see? Um, which uh, for the listeners is a clampable LED light. Uh, it's just, oops, just knocked the microphone with it. Um, it's a uh, reasonably cheap USB plugged light. And it's got dimmer and lighter settings, uh, which is you can make it brighter and make it less bright. And you can change the color temperature. So at the moment it's on the uh, top one and then you can make it more yellowy and more bluey, you know? And it's great because uh -huh, it looks uh -huh. like sunlight. You know, it looks like that grade of color. And also I sit in front of the window. Uh -huh. I thought it was fantastic to have my desk in front of the window. And I was made up when I, when I, I convinced the family that I could have my table here. But it actually, it works against me having the table there because even though the, the desk is light, if I'm looking at something I'm trying to build, I'm looking at the shadow of it because the light is opposite me and I need a light behind me uh -huh. or above me. So this is what this kind of extra yeah. LED uh, thing yeah. does. Covered it in paper to diffuse it a bit. I don't know if you can tell that, James, but uh -huh. yeah, it's wrapped up in a piece of uh, A4 paper just to diffuse uh -huh. the light, and it works really, really well for uh, figure painting and things. And it's long enough that I can get the light to come from where my eyeballs are. Uh -huh. So I, I am lighting the space within the direction that I am looking. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yes, yeah. Basically, just for, for those that are listening, Malcolm has now got a light against his forehead uh, <laughs> over the workspace. No, I'm joking. I did the same when I when I came into this room. I mean, this room is what um, it's probably about seven foot wide by about ten foot long. The room has a door in one end, and then I've got uh, like a kitchen worktop that's in a horseshoe around the room. So in one wall, I've got a window, mm. Mm -hmm. which is not where I sit and make my models. Strangely enough, one of the reasons was I found that the, the way the sun moves outside it comes through the window um generally in the early morning mm. which in theory is not really that much of a problem but a couple of times i sat near the window it was around that sort of time and i thought oh, i can't do that it's too much so i moved to the wall um right angles to it but in my room what i'm i'm fortunate enough is that uh, i've got six light bulbs in the ceiling mm -hmm. and i used to have them with quite powerful bulbs but they were quite yellow and i didn't i didn't get on with it very much uh and i may have mentioned before i i suffer from dyslexia yep. and, and one of the things i've always found with with my dyslexia sometimes the frequency of the lights in which you use create issues for me concentration headaches and all sorts of things 
So I invested in some uh, daylight bulbs, mm. um, low energy daylight bulbs for all of the six uh, recesses. So I have very clear and crisp uh, lighting in my room. So I'm, I'm lucky in that respect. I also have some LED run that's run underneath the shelf that goes around the top part. I say top part. It's it's more uh, from the worktop. I've got like some storage stuff, and then I've got a little sh a shelf that slightly comes out from the wall where this LED sits. So it gives me a little bit of extra light onto the surfaces, and also a magnifying glass with an LED ring light within it. The actual magnifying glass, I I don't use that often. Um, it was something I, I... No, I didn't even know you had one. Yeah, I, I, I treated myself to it quite a while back when I had my coffee table. Uh, I used it a lot then. Because going back even further, when I was at home uh, with my parents, they bought me a magnifying glass that had a lamp in it. Uh, and that was any bulb you could screw into it, basically. Just a normal household bulb. And that's how I always used to light my workspace above what I was working on so I've invested in that and I'll be honest it's something in which you don't really use and maybe I should either use more often or let it find a new home hmm. but um, I'm very fortunate in as much as the, my main workspace I've got two recessed daylight bulbs right above it so there are no shadows the shadows are literally underneath my hand if I put my hand above the bench so I'm very fortunate in the space I have and you can change the color of those as well can't you of the daylight bulbs no, sorry, the LEDs. The LED strip I've got, I can change and I, I can put uh, a little bit of red in, uh, a little bit of green, blue. Mm -hmm. Disco. I generally keep it on white, unless, of course, um, the ops room goes into an emergency and then all the lights go off and we just go into red. <laughs> because obviously that's the, the, the normal working environment for an ops room. Yes, like a submarine. Uh, I might say something <laughs> I might regret again. Dive, dive, dive. Go in deep. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I'm, I have to admit, being very, very jealous of your uh, operations room. It's just a cool place. You can go in there and shut the door, and the world is outside the door, apart from when the cat tries to get in. It's a pleasant working environment for me. I enjoy it immensely, and it does, it does give me the ability to to literally not worry about anything mm -hmm. uh, because I have drawers for everything um i have dare i say i've got racks for everything mm -hmm. for my pots of paint and i've got lots of storage although if i'm honest it doesn't really matter how big the area is you've got you still need more and i do need more mm. if you had the opportunity would you have something bigger would you have a big shed in the garden if you had something if you could have the budget what would you do definitely double the size of it overnight mm. the main reason for that is because mm -hmm. uh, as you know it doubles as a studio for me it doubles as uh, lots of different things it has lots of uh, different incarnations and if i had the ability to double the space i could make mm. those carnation carnations they're flowers yes i would make some flowers in a corner in a vase <laughs> i knew it uh no it i <laughs> No, it would just give me the ability to have designated areas. I've got a spray booth area. I've got a work area, which is a general purpose area that I do my models. Then I have another area that's off to my right-hand side, which is a woodwork area. So if I'm doing any wood, like boss wood or stuff like that, I've got everything there that I need at hand. And I've got my last area next to my spray booth, which is for my 3D printer and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But the downside for me is my spray booth is quite compact. Mm -hmm. 
and I would much prefer to have a much bigger spray booth so I can tackle those bigger projects and, and models that I've got waiting in the wings hmm. and an area that could be better lighting for production of videos and that sort of stuff because that's the only downside I have is that the lighting while it's great for making models for making videos etc sometimes isn't that great oh right okay do you mean the, the camera that we're using right now to see you or are you talking about when yours close up well when I'm close up on, on my workbench the lighting isn't as I want it to be mm. so it needs to be it would need to be different and realistically I suppose um, some little telescopic arms of some description to be able to move the lighting down and and all that would would be the way to go. The room is is about six foot high. That's it, so it's quite um, low ceiling, and that doesn't work particularly brilliantly for me. Just a space that needs to be adapted a little bit better than that how it is, uh, and and the space that it is now that you'll see in the pictures that I put up on the Facebook page. This is the the second or third incarnation of the room as i see it so i'm fortunate because obviously on, on on one side of the room i've got some space that is particularly for displaying models that are completed because i've got a lot of models that i can i finished that are, that are stored away that i'd like to display in some way do you display them all in there as well in this room i have four shelves that have got models on Mm-hmm. And then I've got two effective display cabinets, which aren't that high or wide, right. but they've got quite large, tall dioramas in. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why they are the way they are. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, Touchwood, it does everything I want it to. It's your sanctuary, would you say? Is it your haven? Is it your your place to be? Oh yeah, this is where I hide all the time. Yeah. Uh, so if you're at home, would you invariably be in this room? Um, or asleep. Or making dinner. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Is the is the answer to that? I mean, like I say, I live in a house with my wife, and we have our own hobbies, so we don't live in each other's pockets. So we we can be together, of course. It's very nice when we do, but we also are quite happy to just be in the building together. It doesn't matter which floor we're on, but just that we know each other's here. My mojo's in full flow, and everything's yeah. going well. Then yeah, I'll be in here. If it's not then I try to avoid this room because uh, sitting in, in here without something, a project mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very detrimental to me. Do you have a telly? Yeah, no, I've got a telly in here. I'll quite happily come in here and sit, watch some telly and, and et cetera, et cetera. But I've tried to avoid doing mm-hmm. that because I might come in here, put the telly on, and then suddenly get caught into into something that I'm watching. And I might as well be sat in the front room, is the mm-hmm. honest answer rather than at my bench yeah yeah there are the times that i watch telly are the are the times in which i'm struggling with my mojo or i need to take a break or or something Mm. yeah you're catching up with your soaps yeah i don't i don't come in here and eat my eat my dinner and uh you know all that sort of stuff so it's it's just for model making then and and for making your model making videos it is your hobby space yeah yeah the operations room is exactly that. So all the operational things in my life, which are my models and my bills, live in this room and they're dealt with in this room. Yeah, that's really cool. And I noticed you've got a chair behind you as well, so you could have a, a workmate doing a group build. Well, actually, if I really wanted to man the, the ops room in full, mm. I can actually fit three people in there quite comfortably. Oh, my gosh, three. I could put four. Have you ever done it? No, two two is what the maximum I've had in here. 
I did a group build once uh, where my wife got involved and um, we both sat in here doing doing the model at the same time, which was quite fun. And I, I imagine most of the time people have their own workspace is quite a private space, isn't it? It's a one person sort of selfish space, but yours, you've purposely got extra chairs in there to have other people in there. Something in which I planned into the room and originally in my mind, like I said earlier, I wanted Pacific stations to do Pacific things because I didn't really want to have a workspace which was covered in sawdust from playing with balsa wood that I was gluing plastic together on. The same as I didn't want an area where I was painting covered in dust and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the, the fact that I happened to have three chairs that were donated to me by a lovely bank. Um, <laughs> what? What? And uh, I made space for them to go in the, into those places, basically. What, what bank gave you chairs? There was a special offer on with the TSB in my local village that you opened a bank account and they gave you a chair. So what? No, no, I'm joking. My local TSB branch had a refit, and they they made it all nice and plush and lovely and beautiful. And then TSB got taken over by another bank, Lloyd's, and everything had to go because it wasn't the right colour. Hmm. Um, so I happened to be driving past and the, the poor manager was stacking up all this lovely brand new furniture out the side of the bank, mm. waiting to be skipped, basically. Mm-hmm. So I stopped and said, uh, what's happened? Is the bank shut? And he went, no, 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 we're just having a refit. I said, you just had a refit? He went, I know, it's crazy. So I said, what are you going to do with that? And he went, well, it's all been skipped. Oh, it, funny enough, my car looks like a skip. If I open a backup, and he went, I'd love you to, please. So I put three um, of the bank swivelly chairs in the back of my car. Uh, and as I was putting the third one in, my bank manager came out with this great big wooden cupboard. Uh, and I said, what? Oh, don't tell me you're throwing that. And he went, um, yeah. <laughs> Is that why your operations room looks like a local branch of TSB? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we do TSB reunions in here and uh, they all feel very at home. <laughs> TSB is a, a bank in the UK. <laughs> I don't know if they have, if it's an international bank or was. I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, th- I originally thought you were going to say sperm bank. <laughs> no, yeah, you didn't go in there, make a donation, come out with a chair. That's not quite how it works. No one would want to sit on the chair afterwards, would they? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's just one of those things that I did. I'm, I'm quite cheeky like that. It was a running joke for many years that it was the only thing I got free out of the bank. Did you ask for the safe too? <laughs> um, looking at your workspace, on your workspace, what would you say is the one thing, and I, I think I'm looking at it, what is the one thing that makes your space work well for you? Um makes my space work well i don't have all my paints with me i don't have all my tools here Uh, i only have a small selection like the very basics here and then i have to go elsewhere to get the other bits and pieces like if i wanted uh my one two three blocks for instance i have to go go to a shelf over there where they all are behind my lounge door is a big load of shelves is that what you were looking at uh see the paint rack in front of you um, and I was thinking the fact that it's a paint rack, it's flat against the wall. Oh, I'm with you. Yes. One of those um, uh, paint racks flat against the wall. That was uh, a tenner off eBay. Mm. That big one there. 
um, put that together recently. Um, I don't know where I got that other one from, but yeah, that, that's not all my paints. Um, I have a few more, and they're on uh, a different rack. But what I do have is like a little uh, drawer under under here where I have my uh-huh. my washes, and then I have uh, another drawer here that has just like the drills and things like that. And there's a set of tweezers in there. And there's a scalpel, and and then here over here I have this. Uh, which has my uh, current paints that I'm using. So today I was painting the the leather bands across the uh, helmets of some GIs. So these are the three paints that I was using. So I've kept those there so I know what I was using when I start that up again. That's my like mm-hmm. current area. And then I just had a load of jars with mm-hmm. stuff in them, you know. So that's paint water and paintbrushes mm-hmm. are here. Uh, but then also... So- gonna destroy my desk now but also there's this there's a drawer here that has like my essentials so there's a bit of glue there's a sander there's a clippers and that's it so the bit you were just describing a minute ago is is, is like a, a workstation i believe is that is that right is that from hobby zone it is yeah so the bottom one is a hobby zone drawer and the mm-hmm. top one is a, just a vallejo vallejo workstation thing uh like a paint holder and it's yeah. perfect for like the size that i need but the drawer is really good because i can hide all my stuff away <laughs> make the desk reasonably looking cool and these these hidden drawers that i have under the desk as well are great um i highly recommend them they're from a chinese website wish i think they are um i'm sure you can probably buy them on amazon too but they're uh, called secret drawers and they're just like a plastic thing that you stick to the underneath of your table and no one knows they're there because they're secret oh well they do now because i've just told you know, <laughs> over 500 people I don't think even my wife knows that I keep keep my stuff in these drawers. So my kids love it, and they know exactly where their daddy's special pens are and all that sort of thing. So, but they're really cool. I really recommend those. Yeah, I like the fact that I don't have everything here. I have that kind of space behind the door, so I can hide all my mm. kind of messy shelves and things like that with all the other tools on. Yeah. So when when people come round, you just open the door. Yeah. And keep the door open. That hides it away. Little do they know they're centimetres away from toxic substances. I mean, the reason I, I asked about that was because, obviously, I, in my room, I've got a selection of Hobby Zone and a company called EBVA. M-A. EBMA. Uh, M-A. Yeah, EBMA. Hobby and Craft. They're storage solutions, basically. So you've got drawers, you've got paint ranks, you've got kitchen towel holders, you've got all sorts of stuff. Buy what you want and put it together in the order in which you want it. And I find that, you know, going back to your earlier question about if you had the money, you know, and the money was no object, what would you do? I, I think I would invest in more of those, definitely. And I would certainly build that mm. up. They're inexpensive for what they are, really. Talking £20 a, a modular, uh, roughly. They're well made, too. Mm. Uh, they're brilliant. Yeah, they're, they're laser cut um, mm. wood. Comes together as a kit, so you can you can add that to your, your list of kits built for that year. <laughs> Yeah. You, you you get these modular bits and uh, it comes with some uh, basic instructions. That's all you need. And, and it takes a little bit of time just for you to glue it all together and, and make it all nice. Yeah. I think actually they're probably one of the best investments I've made in, in the last six yeah. years. Well, they last so. forever. And you, you can also say, you, you can get all the different sizes of drawers for whatever you want. Yeah. Mm. Now that's the one thing in which I like about um, EBMA is that they have different depths in their drawers can't believe i said it like that but you know what i mean what i mean by that is one is uh, 175 millimeters in depth and the other one is 215 millimeters in Mm. depth 
Now, that doesn't sound like an awful lot of difference in millimetres, but trust me, it does make all the difference. For example, I have a set of drawers which are the 215mm, and I, as I will show in the pictures, I'm quite, I think it'd be fair to say I'm fairly anal, aren't I, really, with the way I lay things out? It could be said, yes. Mm-hmm. So I've got the, the ability to lay out my brushes so they are literally laying the length of the drawer. And that takes up less room, obviously. But it's also easier for you to get hold of. Because if you have the smaller ones, then obviously they're laying on a parallel course to you, to your physical being. <laughs> and I, I find that quite difficult to handle. Mm. I have to reach over other paintbrushes to get to the one I want. And that, that doesn't work for me. Right. So yeah, they're they're uh, they're great things to have. There are other companies, obviously, but I can recommend both of these because I have them. A lot of people would agree that having uh, storage for your tools is very important. Mm. I have seen though people just have a desk full of just stuff, and that works for them. You know, they just finish once they finish their clippers, they just put them down, and that's where they live on the desk somewhere. As I said earlier on, people work within a little six-inch square on their desk, even though the desk would be big, because mm. that's all they need. Mm. as long as you're comfortable and the way that you have it set out is the way you want it set out and you are able to produce the models you want to do i don't think it matters is it? you know workspaces are, are very much a, a personal thing mm. someone was talking about workspaces and um i forget where i heard this now it was a professional modeler actually who was talking that he has in front of him he has nothing to distract him all of his paints are in drawers they are not in racks they're not on the wall. They're not on a shelf. They're in drawers because he finds it distracts him. And I'll be honest, it wasn't until someone said that that I suddenly thought, hey, do you know what? He's right. I have the, the range of colours that I have that are in front of me. They're all in front of me. It is distracting. It does make me think, oh, have I got the right colour? Oh, this one's slightly different shade to this one. And, um, it, it's distracting. Maybe I need to, to do that. But will it get to a point one day where you're using a green and you say, you know what, I Actually, I can't be bothered to change it because it's in a drawer over there somewhere under label green. At least in front of you, you've got the opportunity to pull all your greens and have a look, and you've got them right there in front of you. Maybe there's a there's an advantage and a disadvantage of having all the paints there. It's great having the paint there in front of me. It really is wonderful because I can see instantly what I've got and what's close to it, etc., etc. Excuse me while I sort the cat. Yep, it's that time again. Anyway, um, so yeah, I was saying that all the paints are there in front of me. They're less than arm's length away from me. But taking that conversation about distraction, maybe the way around it would be to not have them in a rack, but have them in drawers in front of me. Mm. And I've considered this, and I think, if I'm honest, I think it's something I probably will do. The other upside to that is dust. They are a dust magnet, a nightmare to keep clean. So while it's lovely to have a rack and how wonderful it is to be able to grab them, the fact that there are dust magnet, I think that bothers me more than the distractional side of it. But yeah, I think to kill to kill both birds with one stone sort of thing, I think that that's actually probably a really good idea. Yeah, dust was annoying me. Uh, yesterday I was painting some figures uh-huh. and, and there was dust obviously on the, the palette that I use. And the dust was just getting into the figures. And as I was painting, I was like, what's that bit? What's this? What's that? Takes the photographs really close up and they're just covered in bits and like almost like they're dipped them in sand. Uh. And it was just the dust on this palette. So yeah, I agree. Dust is an issue. If you're outside in the shed, I imagine that's probably even worse. 
the benefit for myself with the ops room is that I've got plumbed in heating, whereas a shed, um, I did, I have got a shed in the garden, funny enough. I'm not quite sure how people work in a shed. I know I know people do in, insulation and stuff, and bald them out and all that sort of stuff, running electrics, etc. All the fineries that you might need must be difficult. Your buddy, Steve, he, he has a shed, doesn't he? Yes. He has that decked out in all the ways that he wants it, and he seems really happy in there. You know, if your shed is down the end of the garden, then clearly that will have obstacles in which you'll have to overcome, i.e. electric and all the other bits and pieces. Uh, Steve uh, from Totally Scale Models, he his shed is attached to the wall of his house. I know recently he, instead of using a wireless router, he drawed a home and brought a cable through from the main router of the house. That makes things a lot easier when you're using the internet within your hobby space. We both have a, a friend, Peter, who's building a shed in his garden currently, and he's moving out of the spare room to go into a shed. He's decorating it on the way he wants it, and then he's putting insulation in and everything else. Maybe there's uh, something in the fact that your your hobby space is not attached to the house and that you have your own space at the bottom of the garden. So you're literally leaving the house to go into somewhere else. And that might have an effect on how your haven is in your mind. Does that make sense? People are moving towards working from home, aren't they? And a lot of people will say to have a workspace at the end of the garden. Quite often, they're not just sheds. They're a little bit more plush than sheds. Clam sheds. Yeah, clam, <laughs> clam shed, definitely. Summer houses, aren't they called? Something? Well, yeah, they call them summer houses. Pods, work pods is, is something that's becoming quite big. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Work pods. It is literally a, an office, a room plucked out of your house and stuck at the end of the garden. It has everything in it that you could possibly want. Oh, okay. New one. You know, when you buy a house, you don't actually buy the house with a workspace involved. It's not part of the makeup of what, what you went and bought. Well, unless you've got a study, of course. Uh, but if you have a pod at the end of the garden in your own separate space, mm. and that works well, doesn't it? Yeah. I might have to look that up. Work pods. There is a company, funny enough, up in um, Scotland. What they do is they use shipping containers. Mm -hmm. I will find the details for this said company um, and put it in, in amongst the posts that go out on Facebook. Uh, the reason I know about this is because another friend of mine, Carl, Carl Smith from Making Models, he is planning to invest in one of these shipping containers that will be plunked in his garden and will become his haven. Wow. And they literally are a shipping container that is converted into a shed. I want one. Or pod. I want or, one. Yeah. I've got enough room. Do you need planning permission? Do your neighbours need to know? To crane the shipping container into your garden might require the going over your roof space. And they might want to know about that before that happens. <laughs> yeah. Planning laws. In the UK, you are allowed a structure in your garden of a certain percentage of the area of your home. So depending on how large or long your home is, depends on the size in which you can have plonked in your garden. Oh, I would love a shipping container in my garden. don't think my wife would be very happy because of all the cherry trees there, but I think that could be arranged to be made. You can put some windows in them. You, you can change the big metal doors for something a little bit more fancy. The insulating them is really easy. You just spray over the metal and then um, stick plasterboard on it. I mean, if you give them a plug, do you reckon they'll give us a free one? Certainly send them a copy of the podcast and hopefully that might be the case. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe we should remember their name, though. That might, that might be part of the contract. <laughs> <laughs> there is there are There are lots of... As I said, pods, sheds. 
Another thing, obviously, would be your loft space. Oh, wow, yeah, lofts. Oh, yes, gosh. This is uh, turning into a planning permission podcast, isn't it? <laughs> Another thing I'd love to be able to do, but uh, loft spaces are hot and cold. I know you can insulate them, but I don't know about being in a loft space. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big man, and loft hatches scare me because they're too small. I'd have to get an extension to a loft hatch. It'd have to be like a belly size, you know, like a Father Christmas loft hatch. The place I used to work had a loft space above the kitchen. To utilise that space, you press the button and the hatch opened. Ooh. And then down came this concertina stairs. Wow. And that was amazing. That's awesome. When you press the button, does it pull you back up again? No, it's not like a magic heaven stairway where it, it takes you up. I love no. the way you call a heaven stairway basically a lift. <laughs> well it is it's uh yeah also isn't the loft somewhere that you store your model kits isn't it so you're gonna lose all that storage yeah but it depends how big your loft is right and what you store in your loft i mean i'll be honest my loft is um maybe four times the size of this room that i'm in already Lord. maybe five it's you know it's quite long the only difference with it is it's quite narrow obviously because you've got a pitch roof yeah so it would work i'd have to clear everything else out and that's the problem is i've got too much stuff in there already well you could do a room swap oh god no all that stuff wouldn't fit in this room of course it wouldn't no well yeah forget it maybe you get a shed stick it on there (laughs) what i could do is just get a skip and get rid of most of the stuff that's in the loft because i don't really use it or need it but yes i did i did actually consider doing that but the, the reason i didn't do it is because my wife doesn't require a room so what I need to do is I need to get her to take a hobby up that requires a room, and then I need a new room, and then I can do the loft. All right, we'll start working on that social experiment. <laughs> Plus also, I'd have to get a new name for the door, because it wouldn't be the ops room, then it'd be the control tower. <sighs> that would be much cooler, though, wouldn't it? I don't know. I'm not sure my neighbours would be too happy if I'm looking out the skylight in with binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't need binoculars, would you? Just uh, open the skylight. Oh, you see my neighbour. Fair enough. Um... we've been over generous with the opulence side of workspace maybe when we're talking about early days of hobby making like you just did when you were talking about when you had a pallet in the middle of the room Uh people would have a tray and they would sit on the sofa and they would make their model on the tray Uh and that's all they had airfix and revel both make a workspace tray yes indeed for exactly that i believe so you've got space for your paint pot you've got space for your paint brushes and you've got a little tiny teeny space in the middle for your aircraft or your tank or your car or whatever it is you're making or painting no space for instructions i don't know whether they expect you to have like a, a music stand or something with your <laughs> instructions or what but i don't know but um it's a common thing it's a common start point and quite quickly you'll realise that you you need to move out of that tray and you need a a table. And so you'll probably move on to the dining room table (laughs) so you can start spreading your stuff out. Did you ever make a uh, model on a tray? Yeah, very much in my earlier days of, of making models. Yeah, definitely had that time. But I come across a product not that long ago, which was a workstation. So that is actually like a little, like a little suitcase effectively you open one side and you pull a a little drawer out and it gives you a cutting mat it gives you doors in which you can then store paint pots etc etc 
It's actually called a work cube case, and it's from a company called SphereProducts.co.uk. And this can store paints, Tamiya pots, Mission, Humbrol, whatever. And these are on wheels, are they? No, it's literally a small cube that you, you put on a table instead of having a tray. The reason I wanted to make sure I said this was because I, I, when I saw it, I was like, hey, I want one. <laughs> but then I thought to myself, well, actually, what I need to do is I actually need to go away to need one. If you're working away, you could take with you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it has uh, a magnet tool holder. I like that idea. Uh, yeah it's just it's absolutely amazing certainly could keep everything nice and neat if you didn't use it as a mobile workspace you could you know keep that as just as your cupboard that you have for your work stuff yeah absolutely so it gives you the ability to have just a little bit more funky tray but it's something that is really easy for you to shut up and put away and it doesn't take up an awful lot of room stick it underneath a, a sideboard or whatever the one thing in which i haven't described to you is in the middle of this cube is a stand in which you can hold your model in. Oh, oh, okay. So it's a finger painters busts and things. Yeah, figure painters, it would work extremely well for a figure painter, 100%. Bearing in mind what you were saying about when you, you worked on your dining room table, you would pack away your model in the in, back in the box, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. I use a big box. So this, this would be quite easy. You can hold your glue in there. You can hold your paints in there. The box that I had was just like a box from B&Q, like a plastic uh, lidded box. So it, it works fine. But yeah, um, it'd be nice to have that kind of all laid out, I guess. I would actually say that that's worth every penny. Depending on your circumstances, depending on how you make your models, I think that's, that's a pretty good investment if you're limited in space. There's lots of different workstations and, and ideas for for you to, to peruse through the internet. And these these three companies that we've named are only a, only only a few of what's out there. And like I said earlier, the reason I've chosen these companies is I've physically held this stuff in my hand. I've seen the quality of the product and how they work. So I'm happy to talk about them. So they're the only reasons these three companies are named by me. I know somebody, Carl, Carl Smith, I've spoken about him before. He recently have bought some of these drawers, similar to the Hobby Zone drawer things that we've, we've, we've talked about. Yeah. And he used to have pots and plastic boxes for his paints and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And he still has to a degree. But he bought a sample range of them. And one other thing he bought as well, which I haven't got, which I'm very jealous of, he's actually got a sprue holder. Oh, Okay. This is a modular part of Hobby Zone. And the only way I describe it is it's a little bit like a toaster rack. A toaster rack for toasters. Toast rack. Oh, a toast rack, not a toaster rack. Yeah. A, sorry, yeah. A toast rack, not toaster. Toaster rack would be a rack to hold toasters in. Silly man. <laughs> yeah. So like a drying up rack tray thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or similar. So he's got the, the, the ability to basically unbox his sprues from his model and put them all in alphabetical order in this sprue rack um, and they're all in one place if you're building 35th armor you're gonna have a lot of sprues and also you know you do war games and things have hundreds of sprues in there yeah it's another way of declutterifying i think i said that right declutterifying your workspace because you've you've put them all in in an order Initially, uh, Carl was a little bit apprehensive as to whether it was worth the effort of money. And very soon after he had his area established, he I remember him saying to me, I can't believe I've not done this before. It's so much easier to work in. 
so yeah, it does make a difference. It can make you more productive. It certainly can make your workspace more ergonomical. Ergonomical? Yes. Yep. I have swallowed a dictionary tonight. Amazing, mate. I'm very impressed. Oh, I've got a whole tick list of, of big words that I don't understand that I must say. <laughs> It's like a spelling test. But yeah, it just makes everything so much an easier workflow. Not everyone will feel the same. Not everyone does feel the same. And some people like to work in a way in which I would feel really uncomfortable in. It's a very personal and subjective thing, isn't it, to have a workspace. And it has to be right for you. It has to be appropriate for you. Don't let anyone tell you what you should have. Like you just said with your friend, take bits and pieces from other people and how they've set their workspace out and be curious. Which kind of brings me on to the final thing is that sending your pictures on our Facebook page of your workspaces. Don't tidy them up. Just stand up, take a picture, post it. To discuss your workspace would be really great. And one one last bit of advice I would give to anybody that is venturing into a pod or shed or loft is plan. Plan, plan, plan and plan. If you're not quite sure what it is you want, put a post up in a Facebook group and say, show me your workspaces and then steal everyone else's ideas, the ones you like and make it your own. A workspace should be a sanctuary, your own place to create masterpieces unhindered. Wherever you make, it needs to be appropriate to you. The magical place where everything has its place or draw, or just the place you're told to go by your partner, or just hide away from the world. Planning out the space in which you use, allowing for the best light, the best safety is essential for a stress-free environment. Not every corner is a naughty corner. You've been listening to Just Making Conversation with James Skiffins and Malcolm Childs. Follow us on Facebook, where we post photos, updates and other nonsense. Let us know what you are just making and what your thoughts are on the conversation on this episode. We have to thank our supporters who we dearly appreciate. Please support us on buymeacoffee.com. Next time, we'll be just making conversation about good photography. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Oh, I'm very excited about my, my shipping container now. I don't think my wife's going to like it. If you need any help with that uh, decision, then uh, Carl is your man. He has researched it quite heavily. Yeah, I can tell my wife, said, Carl's got a shipping container in his garden. I want one too. Hmm. And then sulk until I get it. The downside is he does live in an area where they are quite prevalent. What, like a harbour? <laughs> I like he lives at a dockyard. It's, it's just a cardboard box, really, he's got. He, he lives in a cardboard box and he wants to, wants to have a, a shipping container for a hobby room. <laughs>